Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello there, and welcome to It's an S-Pod Thing, the podcast revisiting every episode of S-Club 7's insane TV show. I'm Sophie Davis, and joining me on this journey from Miami to Spain will be a range of guests who may or may not have seen the show before. Either way, we're going to analyse it in more detail than anyone ever asked for. If you're an S-Club fan like me and remember watching the show, hopefully this podcast will bring it all back to you. So, my guest on the podcast today is Shanine Salmon. Hello. Hello. So, you've been on the podcast before. Um, How did you find this Hollywood 7 episode in comparison to what you saw from LA 7 before? It was baffling, really. There was a lot <laughs> of things going on where I was like, but why have you chosen? Why have you gone down that route and not any? And it wasn't like in a sitcom way. It was just felt like everything was very contrived and their lives seem more contrived in Hollywood now. Um, so, yeah, it was lots of things going on where I just go, you just, you've, you've had, you've been in this situation before. Why are you doing that now? Um, uh, yeah, a very interesting series. Yeah, I think this is like one of, the wildest plots so far this series I like I feel like I say this every week but I think genuinely in Hollywood 7 <laughs> this is possibly the maddest one like well for the first time ever in the history of the show this episode starts with a previously on section because it sort of loosely follows on from last week's episode and that hasn't happened before usually it's just a kind of self-contained story Mm. um but this one starts by recapping how last time the band accidentally knocked out this pop star called miguel delgado um when they were his support act at a big concert and the aftermath of that now in this episode is that they are under the impression they're in trouble for what they did to him so they decide that they have to go into hiding when in reality they're not in trouble at all it's all just like a big misunderstanding isn't it yeah they've got it in their head that the fans chasing them are his fans because they knocked him out and he's obviously forgotten who he is and he can't sing anymore but actually the twist is they're s club seven fans desperate to get autographs and they lie low, basically hiding from everyone when this is kind of, they're at their, they're at their peak, effectively. This is the most successful I think I've seen them <laughs> in the whole series. Yeah, they've suddenly had this breakthrough where they have been the support act for this guy who's like a huge star. He's a sort of Ricky Martin sort of figure, I think. And yeah, they're, they're kind of fleeing the arena at the beginning, aren't they? And a group of kids are chasing them. And the band just assume automatically that they're like an angry mob, even though some of them are clearly holding these banners that are like, I love Rachel, I love Bradley, (laughs) which I guess that's probably a whole other thing because when they're performing at this concert, they're supposed to be like the completely unknown support act. So did the kids bring stationery with them to the show? And yeah, they just well, made these banners during the sets. I feel like someone handed them to them at some point. Probably, <laughs> yeah, probably the manager guy going, I've made yeah. some banners. He, he seems very keen, Dean, to um, to make them big. I think that's the sort of thing Dean would do, actually. He's like a proud parent. Like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they're performing and you just get a little shot of him off stage and he's like dancing along like Amy Poehler in Mean Girls. <laughs> so I could imagine him doing that, actually. Like he's just handing out the banners. Um, but yeah, the band are sort of like running outside, like screaming in terror Um these kids are running after them because they want their autographs, but the band are like, they're going to kill us. Um, They get their car from the valet. And when Paul hands him the ticket, he goes, here you are, geezer, which is the most British thing ever. (laughs) Um, And they, yeah, they just sort of drive away, don't they? And the kids are very miffed. Like one little girl is like, 
all we wanted was their autographs. Yeah, it's it's the start of the kind of chaotic. Some mothers do have them. Um, sense of this episode to be honest like you just this is the theme throughout where there's lots of misunderstandings that are just unnecessary like they've they've put themselves in this situation because they don't know when they don't seem to talk to anyone else that's what I've noticed like when they're they're in like the little bubble and it's like actually if you were doing a big gig like that surely there'd be staff that would be like oh you're going down really well or there's lots of people here to see you it's just like they just they just lock themselves in their dressing room and then come out and then go away again. It's very like a cult. It do, it feels like as being in S Club Seven. Yeah, they're sort of running down the corridors of the arena and there's like nobody working there. Like <laughs> no, the, the fans sort of come out and start chasing them and they just obviously are oblivious. They just run away and Dean sort of misses them as well because he's like, where are they going? Um, they've only just got off stage, but Dean is like, oh, I've had half the music promoters and TV producers in LA calling me about them. <laughs> yeah, that's why he wasn't there to sort of rescue them because he was off this getting fielding all these calls. And uh, now they've headed off back to, well, it's, it's unclear where they, they kind of jump in the car. Um, yeah, they think and, they can't go home because they just yeah. assume that now like the mob is after them. So they go to a like a rubbish little motel and they don't even go home to like pick up any of their stuff. They're like, we need to go into hiding now yeah. or we're going to be murdered. <laughs> murdered by, by these fans because he's got kind of this reputation of having a very intense fan base. Um so yes, it's yeah. They end up in yeah this horrible motel, very very cramped, and you get again this coldness of how comfortable they are in that very small space together. Yeah, they're just in one room, aren't they? And they're all sort of like huddled in little blankets and stuff. Like I think it says three days later, doesn't it? So it's been three days, and they look like they've just had an absolute mare, probably because they yeah. haven't got any stuff with them. They've just gone over there with nothing. And just, yeah, just must stink for the last three days. <laughs> They're that close, so it's fine. Yeah, there's a bit later, isn't there, where um, in the motel room, I think there's like a scene going on and then you hear like a toilet flush and then someone is like, oh, Tina's done. Paul, do you want to go in next? It's like this sort of bleak scenario they're in yeah. where they're just constantly going in and out of the bathroom, like taking it in turns. Yeah, and just a really grim like the whole the whole American trip seems to be full of just these horrible grim times. <laughs> and yet they're still there and they still seem to think it's gonna come their way at some point. Yeah, maybe it's like denial because it's like they finally got some success and some popularity in this episode and they just can't accept it. Like their <laughs> minds are just like, Nope, this is so something terrible's happened. We have to like cope with this now. They're used to being failures, that's the problem, and they can't get out of that mindset. Yeah, that's how it seems. Um, they're wondering how long they should they should hide out for, and Paul says, um, until Miguel's fan club grow up and have kids. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul's in it for the long haul. And there's a kind of another issue coming up because they've almost run out of money already. Um, I guess they didn't really have much on them at the concert. Um so they aren't really sure what to do because they think that if someone goes to the house or no, well, yeah, if someone goes to the house, they think like, oh no, we can't do that. We'll get spotted. They think even that if one of them goes to the bank, then they'll get spotted um, and killed, presumably. Because um, this is the point where Bradley claims that Miguel has links to organised crime. Yes, exactly. And that um, when he released some terrible album that got, bad reviews you know tina says something about this deleting baby food yeah because it was yeah so there's this kind of very seediness to miguel uh and that's they, are they terrified of they're terrified of his fans rather than him because even though they've just knocked him out um and may have ruined his memory forever yeah, th this whole plot just doesn't really make any sense because yeah in the previous episode they accidentally knocked him out but like nobody saw them do that like it happened backstage <laughs> Miguel didn't you know know it was them because he was just kind of like walking along and then he suddenly was unconscious so you know they're convinced like oh people know what we've done they're gonna hurt us for it 
but nobody saw them do it and they haven't told anyone so it's very strange like this is all just kind of like delusional stuff it's everything that's it everything's in their head like (laughs) that's how they get through this probably horrible experience by just being fantasists because yeah there's actually no evidence that anyone is after them or is even concerned about their presence or anything really this is the problem when there's seven people in a band. They're all just kind of feeding off each other. Yeah, there's too many people. I've said this before. There's too many of them and it's just fueling. One of them will say something and it just seems to just be like Chinese whispers. And then it just kind of fuels the paranoia of all of them. And now they find themselves in a horrible hotel uh, having a horrible time. It's, it's yeah, it's their own doing. Guys, this is ridiculous. I mean, how long have we got to stay here for? To Miguel Delgado's fan club grow up and have kids, I guess. Yeah, well, in that case, I want a room with a TV that works. We can't afford a room with a TV that works. After tomorrow, we can't even afford this room. Can't risk going to the bank to get more money because someone might see us. Guys, we've been here for three days. They almost have forgotten by now. I mean, how bad can the militant wing of Miguel's fan club actually be? Put it this way. The last person that gave his album a bad review can now only eat baby food. You know, I heard that he's got connections with organised crime. Yeah, I heard his last album. That was a criminal record. But guys, those are just urban legends. I mean, they never really happened. Everything is going to be fine, and I, for one, am absolutely not afraid of Miguel de Legado's fan club. Hello, pizza delivery. Bradley gets a pizza delivered to the room and he tells the guy to like take it out of the box and slide it under the door. Yeah, I think this is one of the most (laughs) disgusting things I've seen on anything because they're just like a motel carpet must be even like if it's hoovered regularly like i would not want my pizza touching the floor yeah there's a really bleak shot of it just like sliding along the floor and and bradley goes i kind of wish i ordered thin crust now which i don't really get because like what difference does that make yeah it still would have touched the floor and it doesn't even get like the weird bit is to me it seemed pretty thin because it doesn't like scrape off under the door it's like intact so they got like a really big gap like a toilet it reminded me of um have you seen that peep show episode where they get stuck in the nether zone in like the hallway and jeremy gets a pizza delivered and the delivery guy is pushing individual slices through the letterbox (laughs) so it's getting caught on like those like black yeah (laughs) yeah it's exactly that yeah i i was it was at this point where i was gone they've things are low for s club and (laughs) nobody else seemed that hungry it was just him who was desperate for this horrible floor pizza (laughs) yeah that's where all the cash has gone bradley's just been ordering pizzas (laughs) and there's a bit later isn't there as well where he's like tina's in bed and he's kind of like flinging the mattress around because he's like looking for pizza in the bed and then he finds a bit and just tucks into it and they're all disgusted but they know how they're all disgusting. He's not actually usually the one that's the most gross. It's usually the joke is that Hannah and Rachel are really awful. Yeah, and uh, actually the food stuff is often like Paul now that I think about it. Like, yeah, I don't I don't think Bradley loving pizza is a thing that's come up before. No, no, he's not like a, like a mutant ninja hero turtle. This is not like his usual MO. So um, like much of S Club, this has been brought in very suddenly. And yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. Mm-hmm. So while the band are obliviously hiding out in this motel, Dean is fielding all these calls from people who want to book S Club 7 for various things. Um, he's at his desk, sort of surrounded by post-it notes, and he's getting calls about the band performing at the Super Bowl and getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> and it's like, they were a support act for someone famous three days ago. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah it's yes yeah, it's, it's really i mean maybe in hollywood in the early 2000s the fame happened that quickly but there wasn't even really that much internet for them to kind of for this to have escalated so it just seems to be dean's work yeah it's just this overnight thing and yeah dean has no idea where they are i feel sorry for dean in this episode he's like they, they they're, they're now my most successful band ever and they've gone into hiding what am i supposed to do <laughs> 
Yeah, this this was his moneymaker and they've they've disappeared. And I like his optimism that he's just saying yes to everything when he just doesn't know where they are. Like they could be dead for all he knows. They could have like gone over a cliff or something. But he's just <laughs> yeah. like, Yeah, they'll perform at the Super Bowl. I'm really confused why even if they don't trust many other people, why they couldn't speak to him. I know, it's bizarre because I think there's a bit where they say like oh, you know, we need cash. Could we get Dean to bring us some? Mm. And then I think Tina says something like, um, oh, no, we can't put his life in danger. And it's like, but you could give him a call just for a chat. Like, <laughs> you don't have to, like, meet him somewhere. You could just, like, call him and just see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's already... His life's in danger already because... Um, you know, he's associated with them anyway. It's not like people don't know he's the manager. They, all the bookings have gone through him. So <laughs> why is it now suddenly, oh, he must not know he's associated with us? Like, probably do. They haven't thought <laughs> this through. No, they've probably already got him tied up anyway. So why not just ask him for the money? And there's a really weird exchange um, on the phone with someone who is presumably Dean's secretary, where he asks her to hold all of his calls <laughs> because he's like, I'm going on a manhunt. And the secretary, who we've never seen or met before, just goes, can you pick one up for me while you're out there? It's like, who are you? Who is this woman? And like, why are we invested in this situation now? I mean, it's a great line, but she's literally brought in for that one line which is not like it's not like s club's not that kind of show and they're not that kind of like saucy comments suddenly got this like sassy secretary on the other end of the phone for this one line (laughs) this one line which is great it's a good line but it's not worth it to just have this mysterious woman brought in and they're back at the motel the band are still talking about how they need this money they say, you know, we're going to get kicked out of the hotel tomorrow because we can't pay for any more days. Um, and at this point, Joe suddenly remembers they do have some cash in their house. And so she comes up with this idea that someone should go there in disguise to get the money. Um, and for some reason, they all just immediately say that it should be John, like based on nothing whatsoever. They're all just suddenly like, oh, yeah, John will do it. Yeah, John, poor John gets volunteered for this role and not only is he volunteered they then decide he needs a disguise (laughs) and this is the bit where I was I was watching I swear I was paying attention I I was like I'm sorry how have we gone from we need to go to the apartment to we need to drag up (laughs) to go to the apartment it's done it just seems to happen and it's like I'm not even sure whose clothes he's wearing because it doesn't seem like the sort of thing any of the women would wear yeah, in, in S Club 7's world, I think like putting on a disguise and doing drag are just one in the same, apparently, because like if you're a man, you have to dress as a woman, and if you're a woman, you have to dress as a man, and that's what disguise means. Yeah, exactly. Not just like he could have just put on an, a wig or something, or put on like a pair of glasses, <laughs> like a, and big, a big coat hat or something. Yeah. Um, and because it's John, it just looks like. John dressed as a woman (laughs) like it's not that much of a oh wow this looks like a completely different person yeah he's wearing a sort of long blue sequin dress um a black shawl and gloves and a sort of black bob wig like a Velma Kelly Chicago sort of look um he's got some nice blue eyeshadow on as well Um, And yeah, I think it's implied, isn't it, that the dress belongs to Tina because she says to him, um, oh, that looks better on you than it does on me. And he goes, I know, (laughs) which I enjoyed. (laughs) That makes sense because I think Tina's the only one who's probably tall enough for any of the men to be wearing But yeah, not not really something I could see her wearing though. Like and like no. who also, yeah, actually now that I'm thinking about it, why do they have these clothes at the motel yes, <laughs> ready to go? I hadn't considered that. Why have they after they've been like they don't have their basics yet, they've got quite a glamorous looking gown and wigs. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even think about that till now because they keep complaining, like especially Rachel, about how like, oh, I don't have my makeup. I like don't have any of my toiletries. I don't even have a change of clothes. Yeah, they've got a selection of like evening gowns and wigs to choose from. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's um, 
yeah, again, as much the S Club Seven universe never makes any sense. That's that's the rule. Just if you're like, why is this happening? You just take a step back and go because it's S Club, and just carry on with the plot. That's the only way you can get through it. Yeah, he emerges from the bathroom in this look, and the band are all like, ooh. <laughs> And yeah, that that bit where Tina's like, oh, that looks better on you than it does on me. Um, He says he feels quite uncomfortable, but he will go through with it and go out in the disguise if someone else goes with him. So we now get this bit where Bradley and Paul are also putting on dresses and wigs to like see who the other person should be who can go with John. Yes, again, um, it's really hard to know why he's a bit like, oh, I need, I need reinforcement because, like, they're not particularly known for being that hard, or they're already quite scared. So why do they now think, oh, if we drag up and put ourselves in dresses, <laughs> no we'll one will look take at us. us. No one will look at us. <laughs> we can go under the radar. <laughs> we'll be able to get our money quietly and disappear. It's like no, like John is really glammed up. Even for Hollywood, he's too glammed up. <laughs> Yeah, Bradley puts on a sort of sparkly red dress and a feather boa. Again, whose is this? Like, who owned this? Whose is this? Where did, where did, when did they get this? Yeah, why was it in the car? Um, and Paul is in a sort of, like, little black dress and the rest of the band are particularly disgusted with Paul. I think <laughs> <laughs> Joe says it's the most hideous thing she's ever seen. <laughs> yeah, neither Bradley or Paul can pull it off. To be fair to John, he actually doesn't look that bad it's just you're just watching it going but why why are you so like up for this and why is this the the disguise whereas Bradley and Paul did look pretty awful and just like Bradley in particular just like his I think he was wearing like a wig and it just looked really all over the place like he'd been in a fight already so that already like meant he really shouldn't have um it shouldn't have even been suggested. But then they go for a, an alternative option, which is even more, again, why is this Why is this an option in the first place? Um, which is they decide one of the women should drag up <laughs> or go in disguise. Um, and they go for the, the, the smallest woman. Maybe actually that's unfair. Rachel's probably the smallest woman. So they go for Hannah, who's not really doesn't look like a bloke at all yeah that's true isn't it because yeah rachel is the one who sort of volunteers hannah and the reason she gives is you're small so we can intimidate you and it's like well if you're picking her because she's the smallest one why Why are you dressing her up as a man yeah exactly and they're like rachel is much tinier and yeah if you're gonna just send anyone to intimidate just send joe as joe (laughs) and that that's all that you need just by yourself nobody's gonna mess with joe because in the next scene, John and Hannah arrive at the house in their disguises. Um, Hannah is wearing a sort of like a suit and a fake beard. Um, yes. It just looks ridiculous. <laughs> this is definitely like the gif I'm going to use to like put this episode on social media <laughs> where they sort of peer around the door, don't they? And it's just like, who thought this was a good idea? But it works because they go into the house and they encounter Dean, who is just sort of like raiding their fridge. And of course, he does not recognise them at all. No, it turns out Dean's an idiot. So they <laughs> are in this great position. And he's like, who are you? And they try, like John does this weird, I think he goes American. He's really like immersed himself in the character. Yeah, because it's random woman. Because at first, Dean is like, Who the heck are you? And John just immediately goes, What what are you on about? I'm John. And then Hannah sort of hits him and he's like, Oh, um, um, I'm Joan. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But yeah, putting on an American accent and he claims that he's Bradley's girlfriend. And Hannah is apparently Hamish, who is Hannah's boyfriend. And she puts on a sort of gruff Irish accent, which is a good choice. It is a good choice, but it's like Dean, surely Dean would have met these people. (laughs) Like, he's not that distant. I mean, debatable, but he seems pretty close to them. And yet these are suddenly full-on committed partners who are willing to break into the apartment. 
Yeah, I worry about Dean because, yeah, in the previous episode where there was the whole situation with, um, oh no, we've knocked out Miguel, they were sort of wheeling him around in a chair, like, you know, like a weekend at Bernie's sort of thing. And Dean was there and just had no, like, idea that Miguel was unconscious. (laughs) Like, Dean was just completely oblivious to the whole thing. And, Again, in this episode, he's just like, oh, nice to meet you, sir and madam. <laughs> yeah, he's just, and he, at that point, he doesn't really seem concerned about where S Club are. Obviously, these this, this partners that he didn't know about must know where they are. Yeah, because they say, at first, he's kind of like, oh, why are you here? And they're like, oh, well, we're looking for Hannah and Bradley. And he, yeah, it's not really that. He doesn't seem that stressed at this point. He's just kind of like, oh, I don't know where they are, but they're being very unprofessional. You know, they've gone AWOL and all that sort of thing. Um, And they bring up Miguel and Dean doesn't really know what they're on about. He's kind of like, oh, Miguel's fine. He recovered and he got his memory back two days after the concert. And so at this point, I think when I watched this the first time, I was thinking like, oh, okay, the penny's going to drop now that nothing's happened. But it doesn't because... The next stage of the plan is they decide they're going to go over to Miguel's record label to see if they can find him and apologize to him in person. Yes, again, this is like, and it's just, they don't bother consulting the others. It's like, oh, well, we can we can sort this now. Um, but yeah, just bothering Miguel. And again, it's just constant. There's just every decision they make is apt leads to some awful new situation. And it's just yeah. like, this is enough. They've done enough. Let them get their money and explain what they've had to drag up. And that will be embarrassing. But yeah, somehow um, they, they somehow make the situation worse. And again, I'm not quite sure how we end up from let's go and apologise to Miguel to the situation they then end up in yeah. afterwards. And I, and I love as well how, you know, the two of them decide this, like, let's go and apologise to Miguel. And then when they go to the motel later and tell the rest of the band that they've done that, the rest of the band are all just like, oh, great. Like, they all think that's a good idea as well. Like, <laughs> what what is dictating this? It's just, it made me think of, did you watch The Flight Attendant at all, like, last year? Oh, no. that can, Like, I knew of it, but I haven't, I'm so bad at catching up with my Netflix and my Primes and so forth. It, yeah. it just made me thought of how, like, you know, in the first episode, like, she's involved in a kind of, you know, there's been a murder and she's been really drunk, so she can't remember if she was involved or not. And then she goes back to the US and she's like, going to the guy's workplace to like inquire about him and it made me think of that because i was just watching john and hannah like why are you going to his record label stay away from the head why are you doing these things yeah exactly it's just yeah there's this constant air of like why why have you chosen why is this your route this doesn't make any sense why now why here yeah come on hannah I'm not going in any room with a mirror. Let's just get the money and get out. (laughs) The heck are you? Me, I'm Joan. Joan! I'm I'm Joan. Who are you? Dean Strickland. I manage S-Club. How did you get in? Well, I was selfish. What are you doing here? I'm... Bradley's girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, your friend? This is Hannah. Hannah's boyfriend, Hamish. (coughs) Top of the morning to you. Hamish O'Malley. And why are you here? We just came to see if Hannah and Bradley were around because we haven't seen them for a while. Yeah, you, me, and the rest of the world, Toots. Personally, I don't think they deserve a girlfriend as gorgeous as you (laughs) or a boyfriend as hairy as you. Is that so? When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Because, yeah, they, they go over there and they say they're going to apologize and they're going to ask him to call off his fan club. Um, again, like, yeah, they're just assuming that, like, he's done sort of announcement, uh, some sort of an announcement and been like, you all have to turn on this band and hunt them down. Um, and I like how when they're hiding in the reception, They've kind of got like magazines in front of their faces, like they're being really sneaky. And it's like, you're already in disguise. Like, what more are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because if no one, and he, he isn't going to recognize them because he doesn't remember them. Yeah. And like when they were supporting him at the concert, he was very like kind of rude and dismissive towards them. So, and yeah, there's seven of them. He's met seven people in one day. He doesn't care about them at all. He's not going to recognize them. Um, and this next bit sort of happens off screen because they go back to the motel and they're kind of, you know, basically, they basically say to the rest of the band, um, you know, we, oh, we went to see him and we did see him. And now John has agreed to go on a date with him. <laughs> yes, this is it. It's like, why? What has happened? What, and this how? all happened off screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've not got any idea why Miguel was so enthralled by Joan um, because it's clearly John in a dress. <laughs> and I like how as well, before they actually get back, they're all kind of like, oh, why have they been gone for so long? And Bradley's like, maybe they didn't make it. Maybe they got attacked. <laughs> This is it. So they've now S Club 5 and they're fine with it. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're sort of talking about like the cash situation as well. And Bradley suggests they can make some quick money by selling their blood. Um, and then Joe is suddenly like, I've got it. We can sell Rachel. How much do you reckon we'll get? <laughs> oh, <from> God. <laughs> I mean, a lot, to be fair. Yeah, I feel like Joe's had this in the back pocket for a while. Yeah, because... that's why they keep her around. Yeah, there's been several times in the series so far where, like, you know, it's a man fancies Rachel and someone will be like, oh, well, um, you know, will you do this for us if you, you know, put in a good word for you with Rachel? So this is the next stage, I feel, just pimping out her. the poor woman. Yeah. Poor Rachel. Um, and yeah, this this whole date thing comes up. I mean, I feel deprived that we didn't get to actually see this sort of meet cute situation. <laughs> yes, exactly. How was Miguel charmed by Joan and her, her ways? Um, yeah, it's bizarre. Like, I, I really want to know. I wonder if there's like a deleted scene or anything, or if we were just, <laughs> or if they just thought that's going to be too complicated. We'll just say it happened. That's yeah, exactly. I think that's always their thing. If or imagine in my mind, it was filmed, but it didn't work, and they just couldn't <laughs> make it make any sense. So they just sort of took a step back, and um, we ended up just be going this mysterious state that that everyone seems to be on. Yeah. Again, more terrible decisions because yeah, when the date the date gets announced as well, like it's good news because they say something like oh, you know, good news, we got the cash and we found out that Miguel's okay. Bad news, we went to apologise to him and we didn't because we bottled out of revealing ourselves. But good news, John is going on a date with him tonight. And it's like, is that good news? Is that good? Yeah, is that good news? What's what's happening? Why is How is this date going to help them? Is he, yeah, because if, if he's still annoyed with them, he's going to be even more annoyed when he finds out who Joan is. He's been catfished, yeah. Yes. <laughs> catfished by John. Mm. Yeah, Dean is now beginning to stress out quite a bit because he's booked them uh, like a performance on something called Good Morning USA the next day and he hasn't managed to track them down yet. 
Um, and there's another interaction with this off-screen receptionist where Dean is trying to come up with a backup plan in case the band don't show up. And he asks her how she would feel about shaking her booty on national television. <laughs> and we don't get to hear her response. It just cuts there. No. <laughs> so we, is, is she up for it? Who knows? I suspect yes. And that's why they had to cut away because they didn't want to go down even more baffling. What what are they going to find themselves in next? Yeah, Dean is yeah coming up with a backup plan. Like, hmm, well, I don't know where they are. I haven't been in touch with them. They've got a gig in under twenty four hours. Yeah, on this on this quite big show, they keep and then mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then there's a weird. There's a weird bit where they kind of imply that it's already been scheduled, like it's in the TV listings. Yeah. and But it's like, didn't Dean only book it today? <laughs> like, and this, again, this isn't really when the internet's that big for someone to be looking it up, but it all seems to be like, well, it's in the TV listings now, so they're committed to this show, whatever happens, even if they're still on the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dean's, yeah, I feel sorry for Dean. He's uh, stressing out... Um, <laughs> We now come to the date with John or Joan uh, and Miguel. Um, They're at a restaurant together and Miguel seems very into it. He's being all like, oh, you're like no woman I've ever dated before. And John just goes, oh, there's a reason for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, John, John's the most oddly, he seems, sometimes he seems quite tense, but other times he's like, well, this is my life now. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm Joan now for the foreseeable to get us out of whatever situation we're now in. Yeah, what is the long game here? Like, what is the plan? Because, yeah, like you said before, the rest of the band are just hanging around the restaurant. Joe is posing as a waitress and she comes up to them at one point and is like, hi, can I get you anything? In like a fake voice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Are they actually working there as well? Because like, they just seem to be like, pretending but surely someone from the actual staff because yeah. yeah what if what if miguel is like oh yeah i'll have the a bo- the bottle of the house red please yeah, like they what's she gonna do they can't access it it didn't make any sense why, why weren't they just sat on a table nearby because <laughs> three of them are dressed as chefs aren't they like hannah tina and bradley addressed as chefs and then there's a shot at one point where someone is asking Bradley to get them something and he's like do I look like a bus boy to you and it's like <laughs> you are dressed in like a, a uniform yeah, for the restaurant like, yeah you are you do look like a bus boy people are going to approach you because they think that's where they get their drinks and food from <laughs> but yeah and I don't yeah what is Joe's plan because she just comes over and is kind of like making making eyes at John as if she's like come on do what you're supposed to be doing and it's like what is he supposed what to, is he be to doing? doing how far does he need to go this is the <laughs> no one's no one's came up well if, well the audience is not privy if there is a plan yeah this date is good news but like what is the aim like where are they going with this is john just gonna at some point be like i'm actually john and we're apologizing to you it's just what is the plan here yeah, there is none. There is hoping that John somehow, in his nice dress, sorts out whatever problems they currently find them in. But they've given him poor... There's no support. They're there physically, but they're not there emotionally. They're just there to kind of be nosy, aren't they? Like, at one point, um, Hannah and Bradley say that they make a good couple, and Tina goes... Uh, excuse me, John's a bloke. And Hannah is like, Tina, you're so picky. <laughs> exactly. And which, which we know now in hindsight, poor John, how much he had to cover up where he had to be like, oh no, I wouldn't absolutely go anywhere near a man. Yeah, this whole episode, like along with the rest of the show and mo- probably most other TV shows from the time, it's pretty homophobic, like throughout yes. the whole episode, really. Like there's a bit where... um. Miguel says, do you have a boyfriend? And John just immediately goes, no, like in a really mm. disgusted way. And it's just like, yeah. no, come on, guys. I, I really feel for John. I think he was really put in some horrible positions. 
that he didn't need to be put into just because of how horrible the early 2000s were, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And you look back and you think, actually, S Club should have been more, you know, they knew the kind of audience watching it. They could have been more open-minded without being explicit, if that was their concern. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have this quite, you know, if I was a young gay man, what young gay man, young gay child watching S Club in the early 2000s, that would have terrified me being like, oh, no, dressing up as, as a woman's weird. And you only, you know, boys shouldn't kiss boys and all these kind of things. And it happens so much in these episodes when they must have known S Club's adult fan base mm-hmm. was probably gay men. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, it's one of those cases where the people writing it are like kind of mostly straight men and are just not really thinking about it. And um, yeah, I wonder what John did think about all this because, yeah, I guess I don't think the band really had much say in any of this sort of thing. They didn't really have much power to be like, oh, actually, I don't want my character to do this. No, and even if he wasn't, I mean, I I don't know the situation with John. It wouldn't surprise me if he was probably not even out. Mm Mm-hmm. We probably may not even been within the group, maybe certainly beyond that. And you can blame him after getting storylines like that every week where you just go, oh, okay, uh, I I am a gay man and I'm being made to feel very uncomfortable about this. And now I'm going to sort of be expected to drag up and all these sorts of things. So, yeah, it's just really, yeah, it's always done in a, just a really closed-minded way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it makes the the hindsight of the fun of it really not seem that fun anymore. Yeah, poor John. Like, yeah, there's another bit where, like, Miguel tries to hold his hand and he, like, pulls it away and it's just, like, it's very, like, I'm not gay. Like, that yeah, sort of thing. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, John has eventually had enough and he tries to leave because he says he needs his beauty sleep. Um, but Miguel asks for a goodnight kiss um, and yeah, the others are all just watching their every move. And Rachel is like, oh my God, I'd never kiss someone on the first date. And the others are all like, uh, yeah, you would. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she would. And that's it. That's They've already like pimped her out multiple times. <laughs> and I'm sure we've seen her kissing men she's just met. So yeah, definitely more than anyone else in the <laughs> well, show. Yes, that's her role. Yeah. <laughs> but as Miguel leans in for this kiss... Um, John rips his wig off to reveal that he's a man and he's just kind of backing away (laughs) going, I'm a bloke, you idiot, I'm a bloke. And Miguel is obviously shocked. Um, John is like, oh, let's shake hands instead. And Miguel is kind of like, like makes a really horrible noise like yeah that's not great either like a bit um ending of ace ventura sort of yes exactly yeah it's um yeah it's it's just just everything about these s club series always have a slightly dodgy grimness to them um but yeah he he seems i don't know so miguel again seems sort of shocked but not i don't think he reacts as horrified as John is. Yeah, I think the kind of, yeah, the disgust is kind of like, you know, a bit iffy. But I think he is correct in being shocked because all of the bands suddenly walk over to him and are like, it's us, it's S Club 7. And I think Rachel goes, <laughs> we're the band who knocked you out. Like, as if that's just like a funny little thing. Like, yeah. don't you remember us? <laughs> that's their one notable achievement. <laughs> and miguel just like yeah just suddenly being swarmed by all these people who are like dressed as chefs and waitresses and stuff just being like don't you remember us we knocked you out three days ago (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's just and he doesn't obviously because they knocked him out and that seemed to affect his memory so yeah and they explain to him that they're all in disguise because i think the words they say are we wanted to get close enough to you to apologize to you which just sounds disturbing like yeah. he he should be getting a restraining order after exactly. this exactly just just send a note to his record company saying sorry for the knocking out hope you're okay move on <laughs> like we just wanted to get close to you miguel <laughs> well, yeah like they're always intense fans I wish this night could go on forever. <laughs> it's funny, that's exactly how it feels. Tonight has been like, like a fairy tale. Actually, it's been a complete nightmare. Look, Miguel, it's been weird, but great. And, um, well, there's something I have to tell you. 
Yes, my darling. Look, this is really hard for me, but I'm sure in the long run, you'd rather know now. I'm hanging on your every fragrance. Can you just be quiet for one minute? Thank you. And, th and thank you for all this, by the way, as well. But, um, okay, here I go. I am... Um, Say it, my goddess. I have to go. What? Was it something I said? No, 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 it's just... Well, look how pretty I am. Do you know how much beauty sleep this face needs? <laughs> then you must go. But, yep. but, but before you do... A good night kiss, maybe? What? Do I look like a busboy to you? Go and get your own water. <gasps> oh, now he's going to kiss him. Mm. Mm. Oh. oh, I'd never kiss on the first date. Yes, you would. Yes, would. Yeah, maybe I would. Right, that's it. I'm a bloke. Look, I'm a bloke, you idiot. So much for that good night kiss. Can we just shake hands instead? Look. Look, it's us. It's S-Club. Yeah, oh. we're the band who uh, knocked you out. We dressed up in disguise so we could get close enough to apologise to you. Yeah, you very nearly got closer than that, huh? Yeah, can we not talk about that until after we're dead? Yeah, they ask him to call his fan club off and he's obviously like, what are you talking about? Um, and this is where the penny finally drops that they've been in hiding for absolutely no reason. And Miguel also very helpfully mentions he saw in the TV listings that they're on Good Morning USA tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. This is these TV listings that have been reprinted for this very special performance. And it's like, oh, thanks for that info, Miguel. That's very helpful, actually. Because, <laughs> yeah, I think he, he has a little dig at them as well because he's like, oh, yeah, I saw that you're performing your terrible song on that show tomorrow. Oh, Miguel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and a character trait of Miguel is that he, he always reads the TV listings every day, presumably. <laughs> That's where he's seen this. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like, yeah, why is he surely he's got people who do that for him? Yeah, he's a big star, but he's like, Oh, I noticed when I was browsing the TV Times this morning. <laughs> so the the date is over. Presumably that's the last we see of Miguel, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, I don't think they'll be he'll be in touch to see how they get on at the oh, um, God. recording. He, he must be traumatized. He's had like meeting S Club Seven has just ruined his life. Like they knocked him unconscious. He went out on stage in front of a load of people and embarrassed himself because he had had no memory. And now he's been catfished by John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the worst couple of days. Apparently the gig, the rest of the gig went okay. So he'll just focus on that. Yeah, I don't, I won't say poor Miguel because he was quite rude in the previous episode, <laughs> but like he has not had a good time. He hasn't benefited from me in S Club 7 at all. No, he's had, yeah, he's had a terrible time. His gig was nearly ruined by these people. I would just be like, I don't want these people anywhere near me. And again, resort to the restraining order that he should have got probably a while ago, um, yeah. particularly after that disastrous date. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely going to be on the phone to people afterwards, like, I need to get a restraining order against these seven people. <laughs> yeah. Then the next morning... Dean is at Good Morning USA. He still has not heard from the band. So even though, like, the date happened at night, didn't it? So the date has happened. They've learned about this Good Morning USA booking and they haven't thought to call Dean or anything. Like, presumably they've just gone home and, like, gone to bed. Um, because the next morning Dean is sort of waiting for them at the set of this show. Like, I hope they're going to turn up, but yeah. I haven't spoken to them. And like this poor, like, the, again, the lack of television staff that we see who must be going mad because they don't know how they're going to fill that time <laughs> when they don't know if this, this band that they've taken a huge risk on, frankly, are even going to show up. Yeah, he says, um, it's the old manager's motto, if you book them, they will come. <laughs> It's like, not if you haven't told them about it, Dean. I know you've tried. You've been calling them and presumably leaving them messages. But, <laughs> but they, he, he knows just... they're useless as well. Like, he's been their manager long enough to know <laughs> that he needs to hold their hand at every opportunity. And he does tell the people at the TV show that the backup plan is he's learned the dance routine himself, <laughs> which I would have liked to have seen. <laughs> Him doing, oh yeah, he could he could do all seven parts. I mean, there's only like two of them that sing at a time, so he would have been fine. 
Yeah, he can be Bradley and Joe in yeah. this song. He can do all the uh, the sort of the worm and stuff that John's doing as well. I would like to see that. Yeah, I would like to. See, yeah, poor. Yeah, Dean's not a young man, so it'd probably he'd do his back in. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the band do show up right at the last moment. Dean says, "Thank you, God, and I'm sorry for several decades of committed agnosticism." <laughs> It's like, okay, for, for the kids there. Yeah, looking it up, which they can't because there isn't really that much access to the internet. So they've like, dictionaries <laughs> in their homes, we hope. Just like, Mum, what's committed agnosticism? <laughs> yeah. Um, he's so excited to see them. He grabs hold of Paul's beard and pulls it to check that he's real. <laughs> and it looks quite painful. Um, and they have this sort of heart to heart where he's like, look, if you've got a problem in the future, just come to me. Don't just disappear on me. You know, you can talk to me about anything. But when they mentioned they thought someone was trying to kill them, he backtracks a bit and is like, oh, well, maybe don't involve me in dangerous stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, he's not got their back that much. Yeah, Dean's sweet. I um, Yeah, I would have liked to see his rendition of Don't Stop Moving, just like a solo <laughs> version. I think he, he, I think he's au okay with the the output genuinely like he mm-hmm. likes their stuff he's not just like this is a money maker because so far that's been a disaster i think he genuinely thinks this is this is some good pop music that the people of america will like at like seven o'clock in the morning or whatever time this show is on yeah he's like a proud dad and he was he was worried about them when they were missing <laughs> he was didn't seem to make that much effort to find them but he was like he knows they're flaky so i think he just accepted they'll come back to him eventually yeah he just went and sort of rooted around in their house didn't he like ate food out of the fridge and stuff (laughs) yeah no no attempt to be like where they go and i'm just gonna just hang around their nice apartment so they go on good morning usa and the episode ends with them performing don't stop moving which it's been done in this series once before, but I'm not complaining. I really like this song. <laughs> it's um, a good song. It's one of their best. Yeah. And they're just sort of performing it in the middle of an empty road. <laughs> yeah. And it goes on. I mean, so I was looking at this. The episode's about 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've got the recap at the beginning. That's about two or three minutes. This song, which I'm not even sure if it is that long genuinely i'm sure it goes on for like four minutes plus yeah it's quite long like i always think with this song that it's ending and then it gets to the bit where joe's like forget about your fears too <laughs> yeah. like, okay we've oh, still got more. another bit <laughs> just you're like getting up to leave you're like oh no and yeah imagine if a tv show had this setup where it's like we get a band on and they perform in the middle of an abandoned road <laughs> like i think it's like good morning america is like a tv show isn't it like i think that's what it's, this is supposed to be yeah it's like their equivalent of a sort of like a cross between good morning britain and this morning and they would usually be performing on like i guess a sort of outdoor stage i think it's that sort of yeah show, they're usually like it? glass studio and then you can look outside and that's usually where the musical acts do their thing. But yeah, I enjoy this. I, I do like this song. And um, one of my notes just says, John is doing so many backflips. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does about three or five throughout the whole song. That's his one role now. Like You're not needed to sing, so you might as well give this morning performance the energy it needs. <laughs> he's celebrating his nightmare is over he doesn't yeah. have to live he doesn't have to live as joan anymore yeah. <laughs> um they have to go, go back to that horrible motel that's covered in pizza oh yeah i feel bad for the cleaning staff there they're gonna walk in and be like what happened here yeah, <laughs> yeah take away i'd charge them extra just for the amount of work that's gonna take yeah they can go back to their own home now and mess that up <laughs> Yeah, back to the nice apartment. And Bradley can get a pizza delivered, like, properly. <laughs> yeah, in the box. He can keep the box. Now that I think about it, why why did he want it slid under the door? Did he Was he worried the pizza man was going to be, like, I think, like, an assassin. Yeah, I think. But then why call out? Why get a takeaway? 
Because in that orange, in the scenario in Peep Show, they got it slid through the letterbox because they physically couldn't open the door. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas so... they could escape. They often escaped here. They could do, you know, in their different outfits. Um, Brad is yeah. like, we can't risk it. We can't risk it. So we have to have this horrible now. And like carpets in those places, there's going to be carpet on the pizza. It's just going to oh. be disgusting. Yeah, I would not eat floor pizza from a motel. That's <laughs> disgusting. So any final thoughts on this episode at all? Just confusing. Just confusing. <laughs> but you know what? I think the end performance, I haven't seen the rest of the episode yet. I think that might be enough to get them attention now because it was very good, mm-hmm. I thought. I, I really enjoyed it. It's one of their best songs. They look like a band. But, you know, the preceding like 20 minutes or whatever, you just think these people are a mess. They don't deserve any success. <laughs> they should not be left to their own devices. But luckily they've got Dean. And hopefully Dean will guide them in the right direction because they're clearly not capable of doing it themselves. Yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a mess. <laughs> they, um, I, I do quite like how... In this series, often it feels like the songs are kind of like chosen at random. Whereas <laughs> in Hollywood Seven, they did "Don't Stop Moving" in order to get their record deal, and now they're doing it again on this "Good Morning USA." So they, like, show. they know it's their one good song. Yeah, they've pulled out the big guns. <laughs> it does mean for audiences who have probably at this point heard "Don't Stop Moving" a thousand times, it just doesn't seem to be like a vehicle for them to like show off new singles and stuff because obviously at this point in the industry in the time you still want people to buy the album so you can't actually have all the songs in the series i can't remember what the time scale of this is because yeah sometimes a series comes out and then the album comes out afterwards Mm. so it's almost like a promotional thing um, I'm going to look up when this album came out because I was going to do it before and then I forgot. Because I I know S Club 7, but my timeline's a bit rusty. I would say Don't Stop Moving. It's an early one, isn't it? Uh, not as early not- as you'd think. Oh. No, it's not like the first it's not Reach. album. No, I think it might even be the third album. Oh, so maybe is there like, this is our really good recent song? So 23rd of April, 2001, and this episode is December 2001. So the single is out. I'm not sure about the album. But, so um, this, is yeah. their, this is their key single from it. That makes that makes more sense. I thought they were going like, they knew the time was up. They're going back to their um, original songs. Yeah, from because... the album Sunshine, which was released late November 2001. So yeah, this third album basically came out while this third series was airing. Right. So this is the the theme of, of the a strategy. Right. Yeah. So this is why you hear Don't Stop Moving all the time. Because it's a banger, but also it is their their lead single. Yeah, because when when I went back and I listened to all the albums sort of like chronologically, I was surprised that this one came so late. But yeah, apparently for the band it was quite a big thing where like on this third album they felt like they'd kind of found their sound a little bit more like yeah. it is this, this more sort of dancey album um and yeah like it's not just like joe singing every song like bradley gets the lead <laughs> on this one and i think i read something that was quite sweet where bradley was like he wasn't sure how the fans would enjoy him being the lead singer like he was worried about it <laughs> Oh, but he always had like a good voice. It was just Joe just dominated because I think she had the most confidence and he had the strongest voice. Whereas I, I like Don't Stop Moving because it feels more like you said an S Club sound without sounding too samey. But yeah, I think I thought because it's it's the one I know, one of the ones I know the most, I kind of thought, oh, this is the sort of song you have on your first album because it's that good. <laughs> so I have learned something today, which is this is later S Club and why they they were playing it throughout this series because they know it's it's a classic. Yeah, I think it's the last the last album before they become just S Club without the uh, seven. I think. Yes, before Paul Tadza has had enough of yeah. This being is the peak. peak. Absolutely. So before we finish, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? And is there anything else that you'd like to plug? Oh, is there anything else I'd like to plug? So I am um, at Braintree underscore on Twitter. Um, I'm still just about running a theatre blog called viewfromthecheapseat.com. 
Um, and that's it. I haven't really got anything else that I can plug at the moment. I'm sure I'll sure I'll be back and I will, I'll have more of a list of things. But yeah, find me for theatre things and then find me on Twitter, probably talking about theatre and quizzing and uh, general gossip on my Twitter account. And people can see you on quiz shows on the TV, like Mastermind. I am, I'm still on iPlayer as well. Yes, I'm on Mastermind <laughs> and I'm on something called The Tournament as well. I know, I'm on a lot. So that's me for now. And then um, I've got an Eggheads appearance coming Ooh. at some point, date to be confirmed. So um, yeah, you can see me everywhere. I, you, you'll be sick of me at some point. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of It's an S-Pod Thing. It was edited by Alex Blondek with music by William Kitchener. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to let us know that we're your number one, please subscribe and leave us a good review. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.